0: A weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 11 is here. We're happy to announce a fourth presenting sponsor for Channel 1450. Springfield Clinic, United Community Bank, and the Green Family Stores have been on board since last year, and now we are excited to include the Abraham Lincoln Capital Airport in that conversation. The Abraham Lincoln Capital Airport is coming on board as the fourth presenting sponsor for Channel 1450. So we would like to say thank you to them. If you know them or know anyone who works there, let them know we are happy and thankful to have them on board. Now, what's up with the podcast? Well, we will have six minutes with sauce every other week this fall. This is an off week, so no talking to Nick Broker until next week. What did I see in the past week? Let's talk about it. Last Thursday, Rochester beats a good Taylorville volleyball team in the Route 29 rivalry game in Taylorville. On Friday, spoke with Hayden Volchek in Chatham about her commitment to Indiana University to play Big Ten soccer. Then, on Friday night, went over to Maroa, where the home team impressed. The Moroa Forsyth Trojans are pretty darn good, and they're only going to get better as the new guys get more experience. Aiden Riser, Jacob Blunk, Caden Maurer are really good pieces to build around, and there are many more to come as they continue to play at the varsity level. Watch out for Moroa at the 2A level. On Saturday morning, I got to see some cross-country where Lincoln's Heitzig siblings dominated the Rochester Rocket invite. Both setting new course records. Becca wins the girls' race in front of Colleen Zebert and Louisa Wilson, two other names to be following a lot this fall. Brendan Heitzig comes in under 15 minutes and leads Lincoln to a team win on the boys' side on Monday night. We hit some volleyball practice for a Kalen Reid mic'd up on the premium side. Then on Tuesday, it was soccer. Central State 8 action. Springfield High gets a couple goals from a couple sophomores, and they beat Rochester. Pat Phillips has a solid team, and they're relatively young, too. Big win for Springfield High volleyball on Tuesday night as well, beating Rochester at the rack. Wednesday night, I caught some Pleasant Plains volleyball. They beat Sacred Heart Griffin in straight sets. They're looking very, very good. Now, what's coming up on Channel 1450? We will have a Glenwood U-High football preview on Thursday, talking with both teams about their 2-0 starts. We'll have Pleasant Plains volleyball student section all-access coming from Wednesday night's action on Thursday evening. We will have Pleasant Plains at Jacksonville Volleyball and Porta at Lutheran High Volleyball, two great non-conference matchups on Friday. It's week three of the high school football season in Illinois. I'll be at Olympia at Athens for the second showdown of the 2-2-0 teams. Leanna will be in Chatham for the CS8 battle between two undefeated teams as well. U-High at Glenwood. Robert will be at Plains at Auburn football. Seth Coons will have Williamsville at Pittsville football. And we'll have highlights of SHG at Eisenhower Friday night. On Saturday, we'll have a Central State 8 football game. At 1 p.m. at Southeast, featuring Rochester versus Springfield High, and some cross country in the morning at Lincoln Park, featuring Springfield, Lamphere, SHG, Glenwood, and some more. On Monday, what's coming up next week? A doubleheader at Illinois College for soccer. We'll have Springfield and Glenwood playing against Quincy and QND in a doubleheader. A great showcase of some local talent. We'll also have Mount Pulaski at Pleasant Plains volleyball Monday night. In Central State, eight action on Tuesday. SHG at Jacksonville Soccer and Volleyball, and U High at Springfield High Volleyball and Soccer. That's what to watch for and what's coming up on Channel 1450 in the next week. Now let's get to this week's guest. Williamsville football is 2-0 and to start the season. That's nothing new for Aaron Coons and the Bullets, but we talk about the new facilities, the past with Paul Jenkins and the future, and plenty more football and other stuff with Coach Coons. Welcome in Aaron Coons to the podcast this week. Uh, you were on last year, I think, but I think it's time to catch up again and and talk some more football cuz I enjoy talking football with you. Oh, I enjoy talking anything with you, but football season is is here and upon us. So, I want to get started with um as I drive out here, the facilities, and I know everyone is very excited about it, but I want to get your take on, you know, how this has all progressed and and what it feels like cuz and and kind of start there. What what's it feel like when they cut that ribbon last Friday night?
1: Well, I mean, it it was it was truly amazing. You know, it was uh, awesome to have my my family here you know this is a this is a total family affair here with our football program with you know my father-in-law who passed away in um in 2011 um who had been at the helm for you know 30 32 years and hall of fame football coach and then uh for me to take over that next year so this is our 52nd year of, of bullet football and you know they 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 talked about my wife talked about it in their interview that it's truly been a family affair she's been a part of married to or the daughter of the head football coach of Williamsville for her whole life of you know for uh 43 years so um and then with Vicky Vicky's done our stats uh did the stats for Paul now she does she still she still helps us with the stats so she's been a part of it and and then Jen um my sister-in-law she's she was a cheerleading coach for a lot of years cheerleader here then a cheerleading coach for a lot of years and she she's she's a, one of our biggest fans too so uh, for them to be able to be there and, and do that was was a top moment that for me since i've been here and and i know that that vicky she's just actually coming out of a double bypass two weeks ago so uh-huh. she she basically said before she went under you know under the knife that i'm gonna be there for that friday night yeah. so it was. It was amazing for her to actually get to be here because we were kind of worried about that. But, you know, when I got here, my my first year here um, was in 98. My first year coaching football here was in 99. And then I got the head football job in 2003. And looking back on that, I think our enrollment was around 330. And now this year we're getting closer Almost and maybe have hit 500. Yeah. So you know that growth um, has been incredible, and it and but when you have the same facility, you know you really outgrow it. And people always see our field, and our field's kept up with the times. You know, if it, the grass field was beautiful, and we had a really nice uh, a really nice facility outside, but you know what people don't see is is you know a locker room that was built for 300 instead of 500 where guys are actually sharing lockers yeah. um a weight room that was built for you know a program that had 50 people in it and now we're well, now we're close to 90 yeah. you know so there's so many things that that people aren't seeing that's happening in here that were that were so needed that are, that are going to be so amazing the weight room's still getting worked on but it's it's going to be amazing um but yeah having a turf feel you know it, it really is it's always been a, a dream, you know, and really that's kind of a almost a fantasy like this isn't going to ever happen. And, yeah. and to see it happen in such a quick time, I think on, all, you know, August 8th or whatever is when they started that. Yeah. And for it to be done and ready and functional by Friday, that was amazing. There were there were some glitches, you know, with the speaker and, and some other things. But it's it's going to be in my mind, you know, as as nice of a field in the state of Illinois. So it, we're really excited about it.
0: If you could have 20 minutes to give Paul a tour of the new facilities, what would he say and what would he think?
1: Well, you know I think he would be in awe you know um, he would he would call me names that I can't <laughs> I can't say here um, on air because he always he, he had a pet name for me that, that it was pretty inappropriate but um, but you know he would, he loved this place you know he he loved the kids here and he he would be so excited for us and i think he would think we were spoiled but he would uh he'd truly be happy for everybody he was a you know you hear a lot of you know he's a hall of fame coach but what a lot of people don't know about him and and you know when he passed there was you know in his obituaries or something where people wrote and thanked him you know, there were just hundreds of students, former students, adults now that that just talked about him just being lightning in the classroom. You know, just amazing and a person they trusted, a person that they wanted to come to school for. And so he was—he was a great coach, great teacher, great man. So, um, but I think he would—I uh, think he definitely would be in shock and all because he would have been, you know, and, and when 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 he in 2003 was his last year you know there was there was nothing even close to moving to this you know
0: yeah so when you take over in 03 like you said you and him are the only two bullet football coaches in the history of the program how do you think that that helps the consistency the tradition the the respect the loyalty of the program when i mean it's it's what's expected you it's you two and you two have set that standard and that's and it only continues to kind of build. How much do you think that that helps a program?
1: Well, I, you know, when I came on with him um, in in '99, uh, they had had a ton of success, especially in the late '80s and, and in the '90s. And but you know, numbers in the football program were, were somewhat starting to dwindle a little bit. So um, you know, it was when I when I first started. It was kind of a rebuild, a little bit, from the ton of success that they had. Then we kind of hit a, hit a, hit a roadblock, and um, when I got when I when I first started, you know, there were it was uh, me. Steve Allen was on the staff. You know, he was a, a amazing basketball coach yeah. for for a long time. Bryce Hoffman was was a, a guy that coached with me. He was a first year guy. And so there was a lot of Don Williams, he, he, you know, he was been a longtime track coach. There were, there, those guys were, were great to help me learn to be what a head coach needed to be. Yeah. Um, but we were, we were all raw, you know, as far as football went mm-hmm. and, you know, Kershaw started the next year. Um, and, and the thing that I can say about, you know, us, us being here for so long, uh, Paul, you know, he had Jerry, Tim, um, he had Gary Miller for for all those years and those guys were he had other really good assistants too but those guys were were with him for the majority of his run and now i've got guys like Adam Kershaw and Will Peters and and Josh Patrick now and i've and what and then we've added Derek you know and Mike and you know and so and i'm not I'm not going to name all my coaches no, but, well, yeah. but but the but the string of that that's the thing that i think is when you when you're here that long, when we when we when I came on, you know, Auburn was dominating, you know. Mm-hmm. And Auburn, you know, Dave had had his guys, Carlicker, you know, who had been there forever. And I was just in awe like with man, these guys have been Dave's coaches, the most loyal guys, they're gonna stick with him throughout and they and they and a majority of them really did and And you know that's what happens, I think that's the biggest thing that I can think for the consistency of it if when you get guys that that come on and they want to coach football you know and 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 I think with the consistency and and what we've done, you know we've got I've had many guys join the staff over the last three years, even last year, guys that have been head coaches, guys that have been coordinators, you know it, it's just that's the biggest thing I feel like is guys winning to put in time as assistance that, that, you know, you don't see everywhere else because there's so much turnover and with turnover, you're almost starting over with your coaching staffs. Um, As far as like the community, you know, I think, I think that we're well-respected in the community and, and, and people, you know, Paul was, was loved in the classroom and, and as, as a coach, and I feel like I'm very respected in the classroom as a coach. And, and I think that goes a long way too, just with, people knowing that that we're good we're good people we want to be here as teachers we love coaching and and I just think there's a lot of trust that's that's been built over the over the years
0: when you win it certainly helps all that oh yeah, yeah. Um, but like you said when you bring in new guys or, or guys from different programs who either have head coaching experience or have head coaching aspirations at some point how do you as a head coach of a program that is as successful as it is, Make sure that you're the chief and they're the Indians. And at the same time, you listen to them, but at the same time, it has to be your way. Um, but you have to learn from them as well. How have you kind of adapted to the, to learn that?
1: Well, you know, I, I've had I have several guys on the staff now that that could easily go be head coaches at other places. Um, but you know, I let them coach. You know, we 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 when when we have meetings and and we talk about what we need to do, you know, from any from from small things to to the you know, on the f- small things outside the field to big things outside the field to everything on the field. Um I trust my guys completely. Uh if there's a you know, when we have disagreements, we hash them out, you know, we hash them out in the in you know, before we ever leave leave the room, yeah. you know. And and in the end we compromise and there's rarely any times where I'm the one that has to rule with an iron fist you know usually you know, I'll definitely listen yeah. and and they'll they'll listen and and sometimes they're right you know where I was where I would have thought my way was would have was different but but they were right and vice versa you know so I think you know one of the best attributes of a leader is listening and and really I listen to my coaches, they listen to me. Um, we're not always going to be 100%. When you got 12 guys, last year we got 12 guys. We're not always going to be a 100% agreement, but but we agree to disagree and and the final decision is the final decision, but it's always it's always hashed out and um and, and and then we go from there, you know. As far as, you know, my my style of leadership, I'm I'm willing to to take on any duty and I you know i I say a lot of times I'm the most glorified secretary in in the Sangamo conference, you know, because a lot of my job isn't coaching defense anymore like it was, or you know coaching offense. a lot of my job is is the little things that no one even has an idea, and you know i think I think what I'm willing to do those things that aren't real fun. And and that allows my coordinators and my position coaches to to 100% focus on football, and I and I think that that's a, a reason why a lot of my guys want to be here is because they see what that sometimes the head coaching job isn't real. It isn't it isn't all the glory that people think it is. It's a lot of it's a lot of things that that behind the scenes are that if you do it right are just a ton of. A ton of work, and sometimes feel like it's nonsense, but it's got to get done. So I do those things, and these guys get to coach, and, and it's it's really worked out well.
0: So when you've been doing it as long as you have, you obviously learn, like you said, to to be able to listen and to be able to, and that's part of your leadership. How do you balance that with maybe knowing that a young coach hasn't experienced what you've experienced, and you say? You know, maybe you have an example, maybe you don't, but like, hey, you know, we've tried it that way and it's not going to work that way. Or, you know, I hear what you're saying, but we have to do it this way because of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's, for a, a good example is Coach Coach Allen, Donnie Allen's come to our staff and um, he has been amazing. He's he's really helping me with the DBs and I've learned I've learned so much from him and our kids, our, our DBs love him. Um, He's, he's, he's gotten me to do some new things and and some new ideas, but you know, there's been times where, where, you know, his philosophy coming in is different and we knew, and Hank and I, we've talked about that a ton and we knew that coming in. Now, I think there's some of those things on his philosophy that, that we've jumped into and and really like, but the other day, Hank and I just had to have a convo like, hey, this is a good idea. It doesn't necessarily fit what we do, though. So we can't just we can't just go completely one hundred and eighty on what we do. We we have a we have a system. Mm-hmm. You know, this is our system. This is what we do. The tweaks that that you've been able to add have definitely helped. And 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 you know, Friday our you know, the last two Friday nights we've done a lot of good things that that he's that he's had ideas on. But still, there's going to be things that 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 he wants to do that coach patrick wants to do that coach kershaw wants to do that that sometimes i have to say no you know we can't do it this way it's going to work for this but it might not work for this this and this so you know the the defensive system we have has has been around we it, it's been similar for many years and it, it's got consistency that we have to have and 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 Derek would tell you Derek and Mike would tell you the same thing about our offense that, you know, there's there's simple rules that, that we cap that we do that, you know, we could do a lot more things, but we wouldn't be as fast and we wouldn't you know, we wouldn't be as consistent. So, um we 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 just kinda live by those things. This is our system. We can tweak it to make it work for our opponents, but we can't we can't go, you know, one eighty a lot. So that'd be a a big example I think.
0: I want to talk about the defense a little bit for this year's team. Uh, obviously the first team defense hasn't given up any points through two weeks. Uh, that's got to make you happy. Uh, at the same time what what do you see as, as this year's defense in terms of potential and you know where they <clears> I mean, it's too early to say where they rank but at the same time what are you happy about?
1: Well they coming in we had nine of them that had started a football game last year you know not they weren't all full-time starters but nine guys that had started at one point in in games last year um so we knew that it was and, and and the group last year had a we had a pretty solid defense so we knew coming in that the defense was going to be solid just ready to go right away um I think that you know we're we're still learning how we we have probably and this is not exaggeration 20 kids that that could get on the field and play defense i know at at corner we've got four or five that are really good and and so that that that's a that's a great thing it's also like these kids all all deserve to get to play yeah. so so we're learning we're learning how to how to get get kids minutes when when you know cuz they're going to all need them and they all deserve them um up front too we've got a lot of linemen d-linemen that and the and you know they don't play offense so so same situation like how how to get guys minutes and so that's a, that's a learn i think as far as these guys go um we are very fast one of the fastest groups we had it kind of reminds me of our 17 defense that was that was very fast um good physical defense and another thing Donnie's brought is really he's really secured some tackling especially in our secondary mm-hmm. so that 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 I think I think we're tackling really well um but uh, you know I think this this you know the things we the things we have to work on you know we we're going to see in the in uh after this week we're going to see two teams that have that at times have 11 guys right you know right in the box and so those those are things that that we don't see very much so that's always something you know in in what what olympia does and what Athens has always does that that we that we just really don't know because we can work ourselves as much as we want we can work it against ourselves but it's not what we do mm-hmm. you know so those are always Questions, you know, going in. How are we going to defend wing T? How are we going to defend some double wing? So, um, but I I like, I like, I I really like where we're at and I'm excited about the defense.
0: I feel like we've talked about it with you guys enough that it's, you know, it's known. Um, But at the same time, also this year, I feel like it's become more of a conversation on um, the press box with Rupert and with Rourke to where. Since Glenwood is two platooning, mm-hmm. and they came to you and talked to you about it, um, I just want to know like what what that conversation is like and what you see as you know a benefit to it. Plus, or you know, the counter argument is you know what what Roop talked about last week was you know when you bring that up to Ken Leonard, he says you know I'm not going to lose with my best kid standing next to me on defense when he could be out there playing corner or whatever. Um, so I just want to know what the conversation was like. When you when you guys talk with Glenwood, because obviously they have three times as many kids in the school as you do, and you know he told me they have they had a hundred and thirty some kids come out for the program. So different situations with school, yeah. but at the yeah. same time, both very successful programs. And so, what what was that conversation well, like? Well, I, I
1: think you know it's a philosophy that that we we completely have bought into, and we we've, we've tried to do it longer. Now we just have you know more kids. And I think partly one reason we have more kids playing football is because we don't play 15 kids, you know. If you play 15 kids, you're going to lose maybe 15 more kids that you're not getting on the field. Yeah. So that's the first thing. If you're playing kids one way, they're going to get more time, and every kid's going to get, be more involved in practice. They're not just going to be scout dummies. You know, they're not just going to be, you know, kids that get – Get their tails beat in by the by the starters every yeah. week, um, and more kids are always as even as sophomores are going to look and say, "Hey, I'm going to have a chance to play my senior year." Yeah. You know, so that keeps kids in the program. And we've had many kids that, as sophomores, we didn't know where they were going to be that have have been major contributors at seniors. Um, so that's that's one part of the philosophy that we talk about. Yeah. You're, I think it keep, it helps keep kids out and interested in the program. Um, the second thing is, and this is a big one, um, a kid that might not be a starter week one, you know, that, that we that we're saying, hey, we're going to commit to this kid. He's got the potential to be to be a really good football player this year. You know, they might not be there where they need to be in week one, but by week nine, you know, they get all the reps on one side of the ball for nine weeks. Yeah. And they get so much better. Um so we were truly developing kids to play this this spot, you know, um, So by by playoff time, they're ready to go. And And you know, a big one, you know, if you lose a two- way, first of all, if you're playing a kid two way and they they're in, they're in, in, in battles two way the whole time, they're just taking double the hits. There's double the t- chance of injury. And then when you lose that kid, you're losing two players, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. so so um, those are those are all the big things. The, those are the big reasons we love it. And and with our tempo, the, the tempo that we go, you know, we truly believe that if, if our kids are playing one way on offense, we can just go so much faster. You know, and they're just they're just not going to get tired. And um, we've always liked being tempo, but but in when we have when we have more kids going one way our tempo is way better so you know it's just now in 19 we we were pretty much doing it the whole season we had two injuries in the first okay. round of the playoffs and we had and, and then more kids had to play both ways i mean mm-hmm. we're not going to say we're not going to play kids both ways i
0: no that's not it's not a hard fast rule yeah, it's it, just yeah. what you try yeah. it's
1: just what it's our goal each yeah. year i mean last year we had you know Moser played both ways pretty much the whole time, and and so it if we if we're not going to put kids on the field that aren't ready to play football, so if if we need kids to play both ways, we will. Yeah. Um, I just I truly believe you know with like this year's group, we're not there's not a kid playing one side of the ball that should be playing the other. You know I think you know you know Jake could probably be a pretty good. Defensive player, but that 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 would just not. He's not going to be as effective and and on offense, and he's his chance of injury are just way higher. And, I, and O and D lineman, I truly believe that that with too. So um you're not going to. I'm. You're you're never going to see us not play kids two way. But if we if we don't have to, we won't.
0: Yeah. And with the technology, the way it is, and like you said, the coaching staff being as vast as it is. When you're on defense, it gives Jake a chance to sit there and talk with Derek about whatever needs to be done or whatever they both see.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. The whole the, the whole unit can go watch can go can go watch the whole series. You know, in the uh, you know on huddle and, yeah. and 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 yeah, there's so much more coaching during game coaching that goes on when 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 your kids are going one way and yeah. so much so much more coaching. In practice, too, because, you know, like I said, kids are getting those reps every day. Yeah. So
0: I know you've obviously been busy coaching your team the first two weeks, but uh, we've seen the example with Glenwood this year where Jacksonville week one, second half, they just are so much more ready to play that second half. Uh, Same thing with MacArthur. They're tied 13-13 at halftime in week two, and they score 40 on their insert in the second half. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you think about the grind of a football game, a close football game, you know, and and if you if you're even and you're both even, and once that once a team starts to get tired, not only the the mental, you know, the physical grind, but then you know, let's say a team that plays a ton of kids both ways, they're they're on offense, and it's it's tight game, and and they're getting tired, and and they have a turnover. Well, they stay out a lot of those kids stay out on the field for defense and you know you run 11 new guys out there that are fresh and ready to go. Yeah. I mean that's mentally and physically exhausting. so you know I think that that has a big attribute to, to some positive second halves for teams that are doing this.
0: One of the questions that I was going to ask you, I've kind of adapted what I was going to say because of the conversation we just had. Um, in the fact that you talk about kids getting reps, you talk about kids going both ways, and then the, the playing time in the program. Uh, I was going to ask, you know, is it hard to coach a nine-week season when five or six of the games are complete blowouts and your starters aren't playing in the second half? Um, but But then now with the conversation we just had, maybe it does help your numbers, maybe it does help the experience of getting sophomores and juniors a chance to play against a first team and a chance to to see varsity time um what are your thoughts yeah i mean there's
1: there's you know we 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 prepare for every every team every week and and you know you know ken always says that the but the, the, we have to prepare for ourselves the most you know that's you know, hear you Ken talk about the the you know the, the the team that's going to beat us is us. Ken says that all the time, and and it's true. So we've got to coach ourselves, but we prepare we prepare for every team the same. Um, a of, benef- you know, games games are tough when when they get out of hand to coach. Sometimes I tell people this when some of the toughest games to coach in are game. You know, because I I I never want to humiliate the other team. I yeah. never want to. You know, I I've been on the other side of it. You know, it's it's been a while, but we've been on the other side of that here, and and you know, it's hard on kids to to take that. So we want we want you know we we want to take care of business, and and then we're gonna you know we are gonna get other kids on. Now the starters that that can be challenging for them, and and I can tell you in a lot of years that can be a challenge of playing every way want everybody one way because then you got you know your top twenty two are sitting out. and then then you go go to the next group of guys but um it does get you know we got 60 kids on the field friday night and that that 60 kids got to get on the new you know the new paul jenkins field in the first game so that's really cool that's a memory that they're always going to have and i do think that that helps kids stay out for football and come out for football um, but it also, does, like you're saying, it gets kids that, that aren't starters, first-year guys this year, first-year starters this year, they, they get some true varsity experience against varsity football teams mm-hmm. when they're sophomores or when they're juniors that, that aren't ready yet. So that, that, that helps us going into the next year to get more kids on one side of the ball. Yeah. So it, it, it definitely is. It's a, it's a philosophy. It's, it's kind of a system. And it, it, it's working for us. It's not for everybody. And uh, people that have a different philosophy, I don't disagree with them. No. And, you know, it's just, it's just what you believe in. It's what you coach. And, and for, for Williamsville High School, this is, this is great for us.
0: So to follow up, how do you make sure that those 22 are ready for a quarterfinal? When that's, that's still three months away, but at the same time. You understand and you know, as a coaching staff, what it takes to get there and what you're going to need. These kids maybe don't, but at the same time, you have to make sure that they get reps, they're prepared, mentally, physically, um, and that's not always easy when they maybe play five series on a Friday night.
1: Uh, you know, if, if what, what we will do, what we do a lot is we just do ones against ones, and it's it's pretty pretty <laughs> physical and yeah. it's pretty intense, and we'll just... Try to do a ten-minute period each each week, where hey, we do ones against ones a lot, but but what we'll also do is we're going to do ones against ones, our stuff versus our stuff, and it's going to be full go and it's going to be intense and um, it's a very you know a very challenging period. Um, so we did that a lot in nineteen, um, and I think I think that really really helps. We've we've done that this year more than we did the last couple years, but we've got more kids doing, you know, one way. So that that's our biggest thing. You know, like, hey, we're gonna prepare against a, a varsity starting offense that's solid and a varsity starting off defense that's solid and we're gonna get after each other. So, you know, I'm always relieved when the period's over, but it's a it's a necessity that that we need to get and it, it is intense, and and I think that's that's that really helps us.
0: What do you? What's the best way to to solve the problem of you know having three or four teams that it's sixty to nothing by halftime? Um, because it, like you said, it doesn't help you guys. It doesn't help them. Um, because why do kids want to go out for a program that they're just going to get their teeth kicked in every week? What, I, is there a solution, or is there something that? Um, That can happen.
1: I don't know. It's it's. It it just seems like the just the football high school football like you know the you you pick them last week. There was almost no. You guys all had almost the same. No, and you can't even
0: try to argue it. you know
1: what I mean. So, I I the I guess the where where teams have there's just not as much middle pair. There's not as much parity. I guess. And I don't know. I don't know how how that gets fixed. I think that, you know, more kids are playing one sport now. And I think that's a real issue. And, you know, I think more kids want want to it's, it's succeed or find something else to succeed at. And I think that's, you know, I think that's really hurting not just football, but high school sports in a lot of places. Um, with football, what makes it more challenging is you need more kids. I mean, just having having kids, having numbers is a, is a big part of it. So, I wish I, I wish I had the answer for that. I really don't. I just I would just say, I would just I do see numbers going up in our conference. Yeah. So I think you know teams that that aren't seeing immediate success right now, kids stay out for football. It's it's amazing. And if you've got kids willing to, willing to play, you, if, if, you, if you stick it out, you're going to see success. Um, you're going to see more parity. And we, I, I w- I'm very excited to see some of the programs in our conference that, that are have 60 to 70 guys now. Mm-hmm. So I just stick with it. Get in the weight room. Listen to your coaches. And, and you know, that's the biggest thing is just keeping guys out.
0: What is the overall feeling from Sagamo football coaches and you and your staff about Olympia coming in? Um, obviously, unfortunately, we haven't been able to get to their games just because of the way the schedules worked out. But I'm excited to see them this Friday against an Athens team where that's two really, like you said, two similar styles. Um, what's what's your thoughts on Olympia?
1: Very impressed with them. Uh, you know, we follow them, so we've got we've got both their games. Uh, they they really offensively, you know, they do things that no one else does with the triple option and, and, you know, uh, and they do it really well. They're very well coached, uh, up front. They, they, they're got, you know, guys on the back end are, are getting the guys, you know, downfield. They're sprinting. I mean, they are, they are, they, I'm impressed with them and, and they work very hard. Uh, I can tell they're very well coached. They, they, uh, believe 100% in their system and um, I, I I think I, I think it's great for us because we don't we don't see any flex bone hardly at all yeah. and it's nothing that you can just prepare for in in a week I mean it's you know we've been kind of banging our heads about what we're gonna do against them for yeah. you know since the summer mm-hmm. because it's just it's just so different and and they do it very well so um, I I uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for them this week. I'm you know them and Athens. I'm excited for 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 you know. I feel like they they knew they had a pretty Olympia knew they had a pretty good group coming in yeah. and and they've they've done well the first two weeks. And I you know I think I I think I told you I that I thought they were going to be pretty pretty solid um, and and knew they had a lot of kids back. So um, very very excited for them. Be be a fun be a fun one this week.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, if you look just at this year alone, you you lose North Mac, which is a very quality opponent, clearly a playoff team. And you're like, man, we, on the schedule, you lose that. But like you said, you gain a, a team that you don't see often, but at the same time you could see at some point in the playoffs a, a style like that or something like that.
1: Exactly, no doubt. And a and a team that, <clears throat> I mean, we haven't prepared for flex bone. Well, I guess, yeah, I mean, true flex bone the way they're doing it. Since we played uh man Beardstown in like maybe thirteen or fourteen yeah. so it's definitely, and it's it you know you saw it you saw it the in the title game against East St Louis last year those you know uh that when
0: you run it right yeah it's like a yeah. okay
1: <laughs> it's it's and and you know we just nobody sees it and it's it's very good it's um and and they they are doing it well.
0: Uh, I want to wrap it up with this, and this isn't exactly football-related, but at the same time, I, I want to talk about it because it's connected to both of us. Um, how proud are you of, of Seth and what he's doing, not only right now, but what he's going to do in the future? Because he's been not only a huge help for us, but also just for this for this program, for the school, for, for Williamsville Athletics. Um, you have to be a, a pretty proud dad. I just want to give you some time to...
1: Yeah, you know, he- Seth... Always grew up. He loved football, and you know he played football his sophomore or his freshman year. And and that whole time, he was always doing things. You know, he was uh, announcing games, or you know, he when he was when he was eight, he would go sit with his buddy at basketball games and take a, a recorder, and he would you know he would come and take games. Yeah. You know, so Clay Scheffler over at the junior high, when when he was in sixth grade, he he started letting him you know, MC events and, and really let him start doing what he loved. And, um, you know, after his freshman year of football, you know, his sophomore year, he would have been dressing varsity and and he just knew on Friday nights, he wanted to be on the mic instead of on the field. And, and, and he talked to, you know, Dave Jacobs uh, was one of my former coaches and him and coach Jacobs got Got pretty tight, yeah. um, So you know he he confided in him. I you know I, I think there was some other Sangamo coaches, some other Sangamo coaches that he confided in, and and our coaches before he even came to me and said, "Dad, I I, I want to I really want to jump into the you know in, into you know commentating and 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 doing what I want to do in the future." So. You know, and that wasn't hard, or that was super hard for him, being his grandpa coach and and, and with me and and you know I, I said, buddy, I want you to do what you want to do. I you know I love you and I know you got a passion for this and and um, and I'll, I'll just say, yeah, I've seen him grow so much with it. You know, he's always been talented, but he's you know he's done camps, he works so hard, and, and the biggest thing that that I'm so impressed with through it all is. Just how much of a self-starter he is, you know. He got the Williamsville wire going, and he just has no fear to take something he believes in and and run with it. You know, he'll he'll call adults. He'll call, you know. He's ca- he ca- he got a hold of every you know high school football coach in the Sangamo and said, "Hey, I need your helmets. I want to do this." You know, he's he's always reached out to ads and said, "Hey, I want to call games over there. If you guys don't have anybody, like." Just no fear, and and such a self starter that it 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 no matter what you know he's going to go in this broadcasting route, and and he's going to be he's going to be great at no matter what where his path goes because he's he's going to fight for for what he loves to do, and I I it, it's it's been a blast to, to hear him improve and and get so much better and and and. You know he's going to go to the next level and do this, and you know I think he's going to be so prepared for for assignments when he gets there that that you know he's got a chance to do some 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 really special things, and um, I'm proud of him as, as can be, and I thank all the people that have helped him along the way, including you guys, and and uh, I I just it it's really it's really fun to see your 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 kid do what they love to do, and he's already doing it awesome thanks for your time hey thank you
0: thank you to coach aaron coons for his time a great conversation and a lot of great insight into williamsville football appreciate you my guy for taking the time now again a big thank you to our four presenting sponsors for channel 1450 the abraham lincoln capital airport the green family stores united community bank and springfield clinic this podcast does not currently have a sponsor so if you're interested please reach out thanks for listening i'll see you next week